The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. So, welcome this evening to uh, the Buddha Loka Centre at the, at the Buddhist Society of Victoria. And we're very fortunate this Monday evening to have a guest teacher, the Venerable Galkande uh, Dhammananda Tero from Sri Lanka. And for those that were here yesterday, you'd have heard his talk, and he puts a big emphasis on bringing peace and harmony to uh, communities that haven't got peace and harmony, perhaps, and need more of it. So uh, we're very, very fortunate to have him here. He's been a monk for 33 years and is the chief monk of the Wapola Wapola Rahula Institute in Colombo. And um, uh, so it, it does a lot of work to heal the divisions in society. And he's travelling around Australia to meet with communities, including the Aboriginal community, to find out about, you know, how we can work together, bring people together, rather than dividing people, which is fairly common. <laughs> so now I'd like to hand over to Bhante uh, for this evening's uh, uh, talk, uh, meditation, guided meditation, which will probably be the usual format, an introduction and then a, a guided meditation, and then Q&A, questions and answers. So, thank you, Bhante. Dear Venerable Sir and friends, today we are going to have a... Um, Metta meditation or loving kindness meditation session together and it is great privilege to be invited to conduct this program and thank you very much all venerable and all the community here uh, those who participated last program there I shared how much the loving-kindness, uh, practicing of loving-kindness is, is helpful for healing ourselves and healing those who are living with us and the community and then to you know heal the environment and the you know whole world where we live. So it is, in a way, personal experience and then, uh, uh, you know, seeing how much it is useful to heal ourselves. They, in that journey, what I understood, we get wounds when something happened, something unexpected happened, sometimes... Uh, sometimes losing our loved ones or sometimes uh, it is not that the world goes in a way that we like, it is not. And then we tend to get wounds. So it is very much needed healing. The other thing is the conflict that we have 
with ourselves and with those who are living with us and the conflict with the environment to heal ourselves heal the community and heal the environment it is very much needed to develop loving kindness and to develop it as our practice so this is where the metta loving kindness comes and in buddhist teaching when we look at the liberation path there the it is we can divide into three groups that is ethical conduct part where we develop our words and you know engagements with the world and livelihood without harming anyone without harming ourselves and then the mental discipline part where we develop awareness satipatthana and to train our mind to live in the present moment and then the wisdom the third part there when we see the nature of the world nature of everything and everything is unceasingly changing everything is interconnected everything is interdependent and nothing is absolute there we change our way of interacting with the world there we see there is nothing to crave for and there is nothing to fight with and instead buddha suggest in our all the engagements whether it is through our thoughts through our words or our action to be non-violent avihinsa so it becomes the base of all our engagement and to to develop it to make it our own way of you know engaging with the world it is needed the practice that is where the metta meditation comes to you know internalize it become our part of you know whatever the engagement that we do it will come you know when we have that training so this is a training this is how we train our mind and train to respond uh with metta so this is what we are going to do in this program and what comes in you know through all the meditation practices buddhism suggests that we can train our mind and we can condition our mind and uh, even though we do not condition our mind it is it is condition you know, conditioning process happens so 
we will be conditioned to respond with anger and animosity if we are not mindfully engaged with our mind and perhaps it will be the you know we think that it will be the way to go ahead and buddha suggest every action that we engage becomes uh, an start a starting point of a circle of further action it creates you know it is not that our engagement stops somewhere and as soon as we engage whether it is mentally verbally or physically it becomes starting point of a circle uh, a process so if we engage with anger or hatred that will be an a starting point of a harmful wounding process buddha suggest to engage with metta love compassion kindness then we will never contribute the circle of starting of the process of wounding instead we are engaging with you know the circle or process of healing so in this practice it suggest that we can heal ourselves we can heal ourselves from our wounds and if we do not heal our wounds we tend to wound others and those who are living with us are the people who will get wounds if we are not heal our wounds so when we develop our loving kindness and heal ourselves those who are living with us very close people will be the you know, most benefited because we are we are not wounding them anymore or we have reduced that and that is a great thing for those who are living with us and not only that when we are healed then we can go further step that is we can be healers we can be healers we can listen to those who are living with us and with active listening and very mindfully responding we can help those who are living with us to heal from their wounds so first we can heal ourselves we can stop wounding we can be healers so this is the benefit of developing loving kindness and you know more and more we train our mind then it will be very beneficial for ourselves beneficial for those who are living with us and to the whole environment and you know whole living being so with this small introduction we can go for the guided meditation before that i like to play karaniya metta sutra you can listen to it while listening you can 
focus on the meaning of the Karaniyamitta Sutra. You have already got it. Thank you. 
in this Karaniyamitta Sutra, um, you saw that uh, step by step to develop loving kindness to all living beings. Here, let none deceive another or despair any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. And it is explained what is metta here. Mata yataniyam puttang, even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings. So, as practitioners, most of you are meditating and engaging meditations here, so you have better understanding and training. Living in the present moment, O Anapanasati, breathing meditation, to live with awareness, O be aware all the time, that is Satipatthana. Mitta Bhavana, the practice of Mitta Bhavana is a phrase in the Pali language. Mitta means love. Like a mother loves her child, it means caring, compassion, friendliness, or kindness. Hence, loving kindness for short. It is an emotion, something you feel in your heart. Bhavana means development or cultivation. So, Mitha Bhavana means cultivating loving kindness. Now, let's sit comfortably, straight your body and close your eyes to start the meditation. Have three deep breathing and relax your body. Here, even for a few moments, we give up all thoughts of ill will, all thoughts of harmfulness. 
we wish everyone starting with ourselves those dear to us those neutral to us and even those disagreeable to us to be well and happy this will create the necessary conditions to heal our hearts and allow our minds to respond calmly and compassionately in all situations without giving in to anger which can escalate to hate and violence first we develop metta towards ourselves caring our body and our mind we start by becoming aware of ourselves and focusing on feelings of peace calm and tranquility no matter what we can and we must love and care for ourselves repeating may i be well may i be happy and the way to be well and happy is by letting go all thoughts of ill will towards anyone and all thoughts of harmfulness so may i be free from ill will may i be free from thoughts of harmfulness
then we think of a person dear to you bring her or him to your mind as vividly as you can and think of her or his good qualities feel your connection with this dear person and you are liking for that person the same manner think of all the people who are dear to you feel your connection with those dear persons and your liking for them and encourage these to grow by repeating may they be well may they be happy may they be free from ill will may they be free from thoughts of harmfulness then think of someone you neither like or dislike a person neutral to you this may be someone you do not know well but see around include them in your thoughts and feelings of metta may they be well may they be happy may they be free from ill will
may they be free from thoughts of harmfulness then think of someone you dislike a disagreeable person someone you are having difficulty with trying not to get caught up in any feelings of anger think of them positively and send your metta to them as well may they be well may they be happy may i have not feelings of ill will towards them may they be free from ill will may i have no thoughts of harmfulness towards them may they be free from thoughts of harmfulness in the final stage first of all 
you think of all four people together. Yourself, the friend, the neutral person and the disagreeable person. May all be well. May all be happy. May I have not feeling of ill will towards anyone. May all be free from ill will. May I have no thoughts of harmfulness towards anyone. May all be free from thoughts of harmfulness. Let us extend our thoughts and feelings further to everyone around us, to everyone in our neighborhood, in our town, in our country and so on throughout the world with special consideration to children who have lost their parents parents who have lost their children Wives who have lost their husbands. Husbands who have lost their wives. Those who have lost their partners. All those who are suffering due to the loss of their loved ones. May they be well. May they be happy.
may they be free from ill will may all be free from thoughts of harmfulness and let the mind settle in this feeling of loving kindness metta the universal friendliness
Uh, do we have any questions from the room? Fantastic. Thank you for the meditation. Uh, we have an online question. Recently, I noticed during meditation, thoughts and feelings were so uncontrollable that they appeared to belong more to the external environment uh, than to me. I feel lighter. Is this a helpful perception? In this uh, question and answer session, Venerable Nisarun also will join um, uh, perhaps more uh, ground uh, that come from him. My practice is more into metta meditation, so I, Nisarun, Venerable Nisarun, if you can. I think the person was was uh, saying that when they were d d doing this meditation, I think the the, the meta meditation, Bhante, they they felt like uh, the feel the uh, there were feelings and uh, thoughts, but they they expressed it as they thought it felt like it was coming from outside. So that was they were wondering whether this is what I understood from the question whether that was a good sign or not, and I, I would personally say it probably is because there's a little bit of distance there, isn't it? That you're recognizing a difference between the experience of knowing and knowing what these you're recognizing that there are these thoughts and these feelings that are going on. And uh, that they then there is something that is standing apart from them, and that's a good sign in meditation because these um, uh, thoughts and feelings, which are often neg of a negative quality, we often get very involved with them, identify with them, don't we? So this process of de-identifying with them, seeing that they are separate from us, is very useful. And then having that meta towards um, that uh, loving kindness towards the knowing and also the things that are known, you know, these disturbing or negative thoughts and feelings. And that is really uh, quite, that's very helpful. I think it's very helpful if I'm understanding the comment, que the question. Um, and it's always very useful. Oftentimes when we have negative states of mind or we feel negative emotions, <laughs> we want to say, get out of here. And that's not metta. <laughs> that's adding aversion to an already difficult situation. And I was teaching some, uh, over a hundred children this morning, metta meditation. And I said, what do you get when you have two negatives? And they answered correctly. Very good, actually. They said, more negative. <laughs> And that's a, so it's a very good thing that you can see the difference between this knowing these things and they feel like they're outside, they're not part of oneself. And then the next step would be to extend that meta to these feelings and thoughts so they calm down 
and uh, we we don't increase them by being negative about them, thinking they shouldn't be here, or you know, why am I feeling this? Why am I thinking that? This is very good. Oh, it, it sounds like a good sign to me, actually, in the, the meditation. Stepping back, as I say, not being it, but seeing it, and that's quite that's 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 a good thing. Not identifying with it. But that's just a comment I'd make. But what do you think about uh, somebody think feeling like uh, there's thoughts and feelings going on in their mind, but they feel like it that it's not them; it's outside them. It's like from um, it's they're not. Yeah, I would say not identifying with them. And how can they use meta to uh, in this situation? Um. I think the same way that identifying what is happening and it is not that the thoughts taken you away but you become observer and see, uh, you know, then separate yourself from those thoughts and uh, I think that is a good uh, way of, you know, identify, uh, you know, thoughts and uh, then I think um, perhaps the thoughts that comes, uh, if they are like, you know, disturbing thoughts and you will be disturbed and uh, then uh, that will harmful to, you know, but here you observe it and identify distance with the thoughts and uh, I think that is a way of developing metta and uh, loving kindness. Any other questions or comments? Ah, oh, that's good. I've even got one that people often ask. <laughs> it may be the one you're asking. Thank you for your your teachings. Thank you very much. One of the things that I find very difficult is, as an observer you might be able to identify the thoughts as they arise, but quite often the feeling uh, associated with that thought can keep you in the grip. Do you understand what I mean? So a thought you can look at as a word or an image passing, but once that feeling establishes associated to it, you can become quite overwhelmed and as Bhante was saying, use loving kindness. I mean, to me, that's a beautiful thing. But in the reality of the happening, of the feeling, it's very difficult sometimes. It can, you know, make your mind feel very disturbed because, of course, one would like to be in the loving kindness. You understand what I mean? But the feeling can very much take over. In that case, what would be the very best thing to do? What do you think, Bhante, in that case where the uh, one can disassociate and not associate with the thoughts, take them as being me um, and, and mine, but then when you have the feeling, 
And that feels like it's really me <laughs> that's having this feeling. And it's not the feeling that I'm intending to develop or cultivate, but it, it, uh, it, it feels very real and uh, becomes the focus, isn't it? The focus of the mind. Even though we think, well, I, I prefer to have loving kindness in the mind, but I'm experiencing this feeling that isn't loving kindness. Yeah, what, what can we do in that situation? What do you think, Pante? Yes, the thoughts coming into trigger uh, certain feelings and uh, uh, that happens. Um, my own experience, what I, you know, initially uh, it was not easy to, you know, uh, but over time with practicing and then even the feeling that uh, we see that it is created by the things that are coming from outside and to notice that uh, this is what I can share with you with the experience uh, perhaps Venerable Nisarano can add more uh, uh, yes this is what I can share with you yes when we have because <clears throat> human beings are driven by feeling actually we, they, they are the, the major the major source of our experience really but of course you see the thinking is feeding, as Bhante mentions, you know, it's feeding this um, uh, emotion that we're experiencing, this feeling that we're experiencing. So seeing that uh, distancing or seeing the thinking as something that's happening is, is good and I think it will reduce the feeling that comes up. But it's at that time it's very handy, very good if we can see this feeling as being like um, an injured part of the body, you know, like we've got a bad wound, and we're giving it some medicine, we're giving it this medicine kind, you know, like your mum or your, your dad, if you, you, when you're young, you fall over or something, then they, 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 they give it a little bit of a rub or kiss it better, so that sort of thing. And this is loving kindness, really. And often it, it works. <laughs> Children get up and they start running around again. But what we need to do when we have these negative emotions, these strong feelings, is feel like, wow, this kindness towards it. You know, this is unpleasant. Not a battle to get rid of it. Because that, and then it just creates this sort of whirlwind of conflict, loving kindness, then this negative feeling and so on. But just being kind to it like a medicine that we're putting on that feeling. Not to get rid of it, because to get rid of something, it's, it is aversion, really. We don't want it. Get out of here. This is <laughs> what we feel. And so to have kindness to it is very, very useful. And this is what uh, Ajahn Brahm uses, that uh, very nice... Uh, um, it's like a simile, but it refers to the Buddha's teaching, the Nalagiri simile. Nalagiri was the elephant that uh, one of the uh, one of the attempts to kill the Buddha was to get this elephant drunk and beat it, make it angry, and then when the Buddha was coming on arms round in that city, let the elephant 
loose and then it charged the uh, the Lord Buddha and and this elephant charged the Buddha and Venerable Ananda, his attendant, uh, personal attendant for 25 years, I think, he stood in front and then the Buddha said, Ananda, no, not necessary, it's not necessary. And then as the elephant was charged, this drunken, angry elephant charged, he sent a radiated meta to it and the elephant slowed down, slowed down and in the telling of this stopped and then bowed down to the Buddha and then presumably went back to the elephant stable. And this is what we can do when our mind is like Nalagiri, when it's out there raging. No point trying to uh, stop it by force, using you know real force, a negative mind state, but to give this loving kindness, this real soothing acceptance, kindness, uh, friendliness to it. So I think this Nalagiri um, strategy, as Ajahn Ram calls it, is quite useful when our minds are a bit out of control. And it's, it's a time to allow that energy to dissipate with kindness and not to wind it up with more negative feeling, you know, like, I shouldn't be feeling this, <laughs> or why am I feeling this? Uh, this is what's happening, you know. And then to have that kindness towards it, and then it can dissipate and be like Nalagiri the elephant and calm down, calm down, even though was drunk and was beaten, so very angry. But that warmth and acceptance, and this is the thing that uh, metta can do for, for one. If you meet somebody who has a lot of metta in life, that incredible acceptance and warmth can be such, have such an impact on us. It can be quite transformative when you meet somebody with a lot, a lot of metta. But we can do it for our own, for our minds too, whatever we're experiencing. And then that negative energy can reduce, reduce, and uh, and then dissipate. Because it will all, you know, it will all, all the emotions that we have, all the uh, negative or the positive emotions we have, they will pass away. They're changing moment by moment, really. <laughs> and so it will pass. But to have this kindness towards it really can allow it to pass much, much easier and create less of this whirlpool of conflict. Oh, I shouldn't be feeling this. I don't want to feel this. But I am. <laughs> and, and then to have the metta uh, is very, very helpful. And so it's a very useful way to deal with difficult mind states. So this is whenever you th when your mind is out of control, you can think of Nalagiri and the Buddha taming Nalagiri with his incredible warmth and kindness. And uh, so this is, can be useful for us. And, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And I have one question, Bhante. <laughs> the question everybody asks, if you have a lot of metta, people will take advantage of you. This is what I hear over and over again. If you're a very kind person, a very friendly person, and people say, well, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? And uh, they will uh, take advantage of you. Or, you know, sometimes people say that you'll be like a doormat. They will walk over you. They'll think you are weak. 
this is another uh, another perception people, another experience people have when they, they develop meta. They think that this can happen, that people, if you're kind to them, they'll take a mile. <laughs> they won't take an inch, they'll take a mile. So I don't know if you understood that, Bhante, the people taking advantage, if, if you're a kind and friendly person, if you have a lot of metta, how to do deal with that, you know, when um, people do seem to take advantage of someone who is kind and caring, and um, it's, it's uh, something I hear often <laughs> when we talk about metta. Well, uh And when we develop metta and it becomes uh, our way of, um, you know, uh, our thoughts and uh, whatever happens and working with people, it is with metta, the kindness. And uh, um, I think uh, we can... Um, tell what we can do and we what we cannot do, uh, but without uh, any conflict. Uh, that is how I see, without going into conflict and with kind words, what I can do and what I cannot do. Uh, uh, but they, without any animosity, without any... Uh, that is one thing. Second is, when we practice metta, I think others can feel it. And uh, that will change, that will make kind of change within them. It is not that uh, we are weak and that is why we, uh, you know, we develop metta or loving kindness. It is in a way we are strong. Um, so... Um, it is not that, you know, that when we develop metta, it is something within us. I think the others feel it. And uh, it is kind of, uh, it is not something weakness, but a strength. So um, that will, uh, you know, affect to those who are coming to us or start working with us and definitely that will change their attitudes but uh, you know it will take time to you know uh, but without uh, losing uh, our ground and metta and to do whatever uh, we can and to tell what we cannot do uh, this is how I see uh, um, what I see that when we develop metta, the others, even the animals who are living with us, so they feel it. And that is how I see um, how to handle such situation. I don't know whether this is, you know, uh, it's a good answer. But uh, for those who are working with us, they feel it. And that changes them. Uh, yeah. Perhaps you will have a better answer. <laughs> That's exactly the answer I give, Bhante, to I say we have to learn to be able to say, um, yes, I hear what you're saying and I know that you, what you're asking and so on. And 
no, I can't do it. <laughs> we have to be able to say no sometimes. And that's meta for ourselves, actually. That's meta for ourselves. Um, and, and, and if we can do it in a kindly way, it takes practice <laughs> because for most people it's quite difficult, and for women particularly, to say no is quite a hard, hard thing. Men can say it more often than women, I think. But to say no in a kind way is really important. And so in a way that doesn't disturb us either, that we don't feel like we're saying it in an unkind way. And I know there's an American teacher, she says, you know, I hear where you're coming from, I know what you're talking about, and I understand it's very difficult for you. And no. <laughs> no, but not a but and no, but and no. In English, it's, it's less of a negative when you use an and than a but. Because every, when a person hears but, they know that it's rejections coming. <laughs> So that, that is a, a very, um, you know, a useful thing. You have to train ourselves to be able to do that so we can say no in a good way, a way that we find doesn't disturb us, you know, that we, we, we are, as Bhante said, saying, no, you know, I can't do that, you know. Uh, it's, it's not within my power or, um, you know, I've got other things that I have to attend to. But you don't have to explain everything, but just to say you can't do it in a nice way. The problem comes when we start to identify with being a kind person and we, we, we feel like, well, if I say no, I'm not a kind person. And so we've got to be careful of that one too. You know, I find that myself. You know, you feel like, well, if I say no... Am I still a kind person? I say, I'm obviously attached to the idea of being a kind person, caring person. But we also have to be kind and caring for ourselves as well. Otherwise we'll become overburdened and, uh, you know, it will be, uh, eventually there'll be a negative feeling that, yeah, they're taking advantage of me. <laughs> and that's not good. And then, then that meta that we have in mind turns into quite the opposite. It's, it's a, sort of an aversion to being pushed um, into a negative situation, a situation where we have to, we uh, feel this sense of us being a kind person is challenged. And it, of course, it, it turns it into the opposite. So that's very useful, I think, to, to do. We have to say no kindly. And uh, this can be something we need to train, <laughs> train in, and come from meta when we're saying that too. That's an important thing. And as Bhante said, um, people can think of uh, metta as weakness, but it is incredible strength, actually. And uh, if we develop metta as the Buddha intended, it can become completely unbounded. So this is an enormous power, you know, that metta can unleash, really. It's a, a really strong thing. I often say it's not... We often think of matter as warm and cuddly, like soft toys, <laughs> you know, a teddy bear or something like that, or rabbit, bunny rabbit this year. Um, but matter can be developed into incredible power and it can be used for, when we have the perception that it's unbounded, it's a single perception. So this can mean that the mind can develop very strong samadhis, uh, stillness, and, uh, 
and very, very powerful state of mind and can be used for developing the deep meditations, jhanas and so forth. And then when one comes out of that meditation to look on that experience and develop insight that these things, they arose due to a cause, to conditions and they have passed away, those conditions have passed away and then you can develop the deep insights that lead to liberation. So metta is a complete practice. It can go all the way to, <laughs> to enlightenment and liberation. So it's not, uh, not something that is weak. It's as Bhante says, it's a strength. And what is weak is really when we give in to these uh, negative emotions which seem powerful. Anger seems powerful, doesn't it? <laughs> it seems powerful and forceful, but it is... It's really, a, it isn't, it, isn't a, it is a, a power in some ways, but it's, it's not a positive power, it's a negative. And this is really positive um, power of metta, especially when, because the, it's not buying into the negative, and it's bringing the, pos, the power of the positive to whatever we're experiencing. And then that mind state, whatever we develop through meditation, it's like reconditioning the mind, and this comes becomes part of our our nature, our personality, which is not permanent, <laughs> but it, it's a quality that will become more and more natural and stronger. And this is something that is much more powerful than anger that burns the mind, and it, it really is it's like the very destructive emotion that uh, uh, may feel powerful at the time, but it really. Uh, burns us and it burns others. So this meta is, is a wonderful, is a strong thing, is something very powerful. And I always mention, I often mention, when I had my first uh, uh, teaching, uh, when I was ordained as a monk, and I was about four or five years as a monk, and uh, I was I'd asked to go to the uh, meditation group near the monastery, about half an hour away, and teach. And I went, and of course I felt a bit nervous. I've not done any teaching at that stage. And so I saw, uh, we had the cup of tea in the evening, and I saw Ajahn Brahm, and he wished me well. And then I went off and went to the meditation at 7 o'clock at night. And I was doing the introduction, and I wasn't talking about metta. <laughs> and I had these waves of metta going through the, the body. It was like... 240 volts. It was incredible. I thought it was just amazing. And it wasn't like I was I was focusing on it. So I had the feeling that it was someone who was radiating very strong meta. Who do you think could possibly be doing that? I thought, Ajahn Brahm. <laughs> but there was also a woman at that meditation group, Pauline, who was a real expert in meta too. So I thought, maybe she's the one. But it felt like it was very external. I wasn't, there was no cause for it in what I was saying and then to experience it. So this really made me aware. Metta is not, is a really powerful thing. And it can be experienced very strongly in the body and the mind. This strong energy, very positive energy. So it's good to keep that in mind and that it can be used for liberation too. So, thank you, Bhante. Thanks. That's very good. I think that's a very good answer. So, I don't know if there are any other questions online or... Uh, yes, yes. All oh, right. There we are. Good. Uh, lately, in meditation, I have extreme pressure and pulsing 
and heat in body, also wave of wild thoughts, very much confused. Why is so repetitive and coming again and again? So it's a heat and waves of, what was it, pause? Thoughts. Thoughts, all right. Wild thoughts. While they're meditating and heat in the body. Right, right. All right, yes, yes. Um, I think, uh, no, it's, uh, I mean, these experiences, when we, uh, when we have experiences like this, it's good to be able to um, be aware of it, uh, just be aware of it. And in this case, I would suggest, you know, just having kindness for whatever one's experiencing, this friendliness, this matter for it. Um, uh, it's a, yes, it's interesting if you, you know, you're um, doing meditation and the mind is actually <laughs> getting more, more wild, as it were, it sounds like it. And that can be, you know, that um, when we start to calm down, the mind is almost panicking because it's used to running wild. And uh, when we are meditating, we are actually, as it were, um, you, uh, we are focusing the mind. And maybe this is what's, what's happening. The mind is used to running wild, and it will take time for it to calm down. Often we talk about meditation and the Buddha's teaching as like taming the mind, don't we? It's in a kind way, training the mind. And training the mind... Uh, is something that a lot of us are not used to. <laughs> and I think this is probably what, what this person is experiencing, that they're sitting down and they're calming the mind down. And then the mind's just going off here. And, and to a certain extent, that it could be just the, the process of calming down and the mind rebelling, you know, it wants to run. Like kids, you know, you say, now's a quiet time, now's a quiet time. And they rev up and they want to run around. And you know, Or when they want, you want them to go to bed, suddenly they're very active. And so it can be the same sort of a scenario and something we can work with, but always with kindness, you know, not a lot of force. So that, that's what I would suggest. And then that thinking can uh, reduce and die down and uh, more, more peaceful states can come up. So I would suggest that for this person, not to lose heart. <laughs> that you think, wow, I seem to be getting worse. Because I know when people first start meditating, the comment I hear nearly every time is, I can't meditate, it's just thinking. It's just thinking going on, one after the other. And I say to them, you're doing fine. You're just seeing what's really happening all the time. <laughs> you're actually seeing that the mind is thinking, thinking, thinking. But in everyday life, we're not meditating. And so we're not so aware of what's going on. There's a lot of mental activity, a lot of thinking, and a lot of emotions coming and going. But when we uh, meditate, we become much more aware of it. I say, number one insight. There is a thinking. This is what the mind does. Very good. I think that's that's a first thing to learn in meditation. And then not to fight it. Because, you know, when people have things, they say, I don't want to think. <laughs> 
I'm not here to think. This is meditation, you know. It shouldn't be any thinking. And of course, if you do that, it, it makes it even worse. It's like uh, putting, adding pressure to the situation. If you say, no, I'm not going to think. And uh, immediately you try to do that, thinking usually ramps up. But if you use um, more of a skillful perception that you're pausing between the thoughts, you can notice this. You hear Ajahn Brahm often does this. He says, when he's speaking, there are pauses, and we notice the mind, it just waits. Have you noticed that? It's waiting, and there is a gap, and that's something that can be useful for this person too, just to notice, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of thinking going on, but there are some gaps, and the more we notice the gaps, the more attention we give to the gaps, the bigger the gaps come. And when we're, like when I was talking slowly, you can notice the mind's waiting for the next bit. <laughs> and it's, it's actually silent for a little bit, isn't it? What's, what's the next word? <laughs> and so it's a very skillful thing to look at, uh, notice the pauses, because the, the Lord Buddha says, whatever we pay attention to, that will grow. Whether it's a good thing or not a good thing, <laughs> it will grow. And this is a good thing, because those gaps, what are they? They're peace. They're actually a bit of silence in the mind. They're a gap between the thinking. And so we can realize that the mind does have this potential of this peace, this quietness. And this thinking can come and go, but there are the gaps. And the gaps get bigger and bigger. So that's what I would suggest to this person. And to always have kindness about it. And they're very, very useful um, and friendliness to their minds, to what they're experiencing. So that's what I would suggest for that. And now it's uh, time for the, uh, it's now just after nine o'clock, Bhante, so we can, we can finish off with paying respects to the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha, those who would like to. And I thank Mante for the evening, for the, the metta meditation. Always good to do metta. So lovely. And uh, to develop it so it becomes a part of our character. And as Mante says, then people will feel it. Animals feel it. And all beings can feel it when it's part of our character coming from within. So, so thank you very much for this evening. Yeah.